everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And we are really excited today to be giving you a bonus episode where we are talking about the new Father of the Bride movie that's on HBO Max. Uh, we have previously uh, done an episode where we ranked the other four movies uh, in the Father of the Bride franchise, I guess you could say. And uh, we had a lot of fun doing that. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Marissa Serfini is here. Hello. Hello, everybody. Yes. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's been a busy summer, but uh, I, uh, but I'm excited to talk about Father of the Bride with you. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. The moment you said Father of the Bride, I was like, yep, sure. Of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, we might as well continue. <laughs> so. Yes. So have you had a good 2022 uh, so far, so good. It's been crazy like no other. Because um, fortunately, I feel like we're nearing the, I don't want to say end, but we're, we're nearing the, the end of this crazy pandemic. So like work has been, you know, all back in person and mm-hmm. just keeping, keep it, it feel like we're, I'm busier more now than I was even pre-pandemic in a good way, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. keeping busy. Yeah, I know. I feel like I'm as busy as I've ever been. Uh, we, have, uh, we have Christmas. By the time this airs, I'm not sure when I'm going to air this, uh, but mm-hmm. it, it, so Christmas Con might have already happened or it might be happening. I'm not sure, but just getting ready for Christmas Con and then the HCA TV Awards. Basically, LA is on my mind these days. Yeah. <laughs> are, are you planning on going to the Christmas Con? Yep, I'm going to Christmas Con. That's why I'm going to be I'm going to be in LA for ten days because I'm going to Christmas Con and then staying. The, so that's uh, the first weekend of August, and then the second weekend I'm going to the HCA TV Awards, and I didn't think it made sense to go back and forth. So uh, yeah, so I'm going to be there for ten days in LA, oh. and then I'm actually going again to California in September because I'm going to D23. Oh, right. D23. D23 (laughs) is fun. I was also considering of going to the Christmas con too. We'll we'll see. Two people have talked to me about it more so than me approaching them. So I'm considering it. If you need an extra, if my friend actually has a Saturday ticket, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll connect you. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Uh, I was like, if there's any day of me going, it would probably be Saturday. Perfect. Okay, I'll I'll tell her. Well, yes. So, Father of the Bride. Uh, we we've talked about the uh, the previous uh, iterations of it. We have the uh, the films from the 1950s, and we have the films from the 1990s, and then kind of out of nowhere, th- there was all of a sudden this trailer for this new version in in 2022. And uh, I mean, I had not heard that this was happening. I didn't know. And so it really surprised me when I saw the trailer. Yeah, agreed. It kind of snuck up on me because uh-huh. uh, it was it was one of those things that just randomly popped up on the recently released uh-huh. when I was searching my HBO Max one day. And I'm like, what? There's a new one. How come no one told me there was, yeah. <laughs> I didn't feel like there was any promotion for it. Like you said, so yeah. it kind of snuck up on us. Yeah. Well, I think I, from what I've gathered on your social media stuff, I, I think I enjoyed this more than you did, but uh, they, in this version, they uh, have moved it to Miami. Uh, you have a Cuban American family. Uh, that's the, uh, the, the new family for the movie. 
And uh, yeah, overall, I guess, what did you, what did you think of it? Um, I thought it was fun. I, I definitely sensed, you know, some emotional beats, the same, you know, the same tropes that we had throughout all the mm-hmm. father of the brides. Um, you know, a wedding that's getting bigger than you can control, whether you like it or not. Um, of course, the, all the in-laws creating and stirring up, I don't want to say problems, but like, you know, mixing mm-hmm. into that craziness. So like it, you had some of the same beats in, in that sense. But honestly, it felt more of a standalone kind of more dramatic but i didn't find myself laughing like at all in this movie it felt very straightforward yeah i think that that's fair it probably does have the least amount of humor of any of the movies even the 1950s i think are a little is a little more madcap than this and and they really don't have that much of him the dad freaking out about the cost of things. It's more his pride. That's the main issue as far as him wanting to pay for everything and, and uh, him being an immigrant and, uh, and feeling sort of like he has to prove himself against these, this other family, uh, the in-law family that uh, are wealthier than, than he is. And, And so it's not as much the, you don't have that many scenes in this of like, I can't believe this is that expensive or right. uh, that we're doing that. There's pretty much only one that I actually can think of where he gets upset about the Wagyu beef. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, if we're no. having it imported. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it didn't really feel like, because that was the big thing of the, the earlier movies is that the wedding becomes so big. Then that's a big concern is like, how do we pay for all this? Mm-hmm. And, but because this, the in-law family comes and they are very well to do and they keep reiterating the fact that, Oh no, it's all covered. It's all paid for. You don't have to worry about it. So it felt like the financial um, conflict is out of the way. Yeah. Um, So it is about the, it's more of the character um, Mm -hmm. confliction rather than financial. Yeah, I think that's true. And it's more of a uh, sort of a class distinction rather than, the the money uh, being it's more class than pure like dollars and cents mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah it's interesting I mean there were some things that I was very skeptical about when I saw the trailer and uh, that actually ended up working for me the the I mean I love Andy Garcia he's so good and I think he's great in this I I think he's very strong as the dad and um, just sort of this prideful. Uh, in mostly a good way. Like he's proud of what he's accomplished and proud of who he's become and what he's done for his family. And, but then that pride sometimes uh, goes too far and gets in the way of things. But I thought he was really good in this. And I thought that he and Gloria Stefan were a great match. And the, I was very skeptical of whether having them be uh, about to be getting a divorce, whether Mm -hmm. that I would, whether that would work for me, but I actually thought it was, pretty well done uh and uh, that you could understand both of their perspectives and how they'd kind of lost uh touch with each other and uh that i thought it you don't see that many um movies about kind of marriage and particularly in the later uh later years you see a lot of movies about about divorce and this is about divorce i guess but 
I don't know. You just don't see that many movies about two characters this age going through a divorce or working on their marriage. Yeah, absolutely. And like, if you take the financial story out and then throw in a divorce instead, I think that adds to the, the problem um, that, that this film, and I was kind of like, I didn't mind the divorce proceedings at all because like, that's how we started the film off. Like they clearly, this is a relationship they've been together for so long and now it's deteriorating introduce a new relationship with the daughter getting married mm-hmm. seemingly out of the blue. Um, so I, I like that duality in, in that sense. Um, like, and I'm glad that the whole movie didn't really delve too much into their um, deteriorating relationship because I feel like a couple of that age, and not to say like they're super old, but like the older generation Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what they would do in these times is that they would still be civil enough together to work together for their children, for yeah, their you daughter would... who's getting married. So they put their differences aside enough for enough time to pass throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they have them have two uh, girls in this version, uh, Sophie and Cora. And I'm probably going to, ruin people's names but uh sophie adria uh rona ronja someone like that um <laughs> i thought that she was really good i that uh she was warm appealing i don't feel like i've seen this actress before i haven't but... and i was watching her i was like she's giving me a lot of jessica Va- uh, alba vibes yeah, yeah I, I was that. okay with that <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so basically in this version she comes home and they're just about to tell, make the announcement of uh, that uh, they're getting a divorce. And she announces that she's getting married. Uh, and evidently she uh, has had this workaholic lifestyle. And uh, she uh, she met this guy at work. Uh, and they fell in love. And she, we find out later that she's the one that proposed. Because, yeah. yeah, so that's interesting. I, I liked how the the typical themes of that you would find in the 20th century um, movies, that it, is, it feels very traditional, like the man mm-hmm. asked, the, the father pays for the wedding, X, Y, and Z. And then this is where you can definitely tell we're becoming more modern in the modern times where the woman's proposing, the, the other families are you know, contributing. So like we're getting away from the traditional themes and not in a bad way, but also in a way that you're like, Oh, right. It still surprises you, but also it doesn't surprise you because we Mm -hmm. have evolved so much over the course of 20, 30 years since the last movie. Hey, this is David from the Piecing It Together podcast, a podcast about movies and the movies that inspire them. For over four years each week, a guest and I take a look at a new movie through the lens of what other movies we think were either an influence or connect in some other way. It's a fun, unique way to discuss films that leads to a great list of other movies to check out that either explore the same themes and ideas or maybe utilize similar filmmaking techniques including special episodes in our side series that twist the format. We've done over 200 episodes, so there's bound to be one on a film you've been thinking about and want to dig deeper into. So check us out on all the major podcasting apps and at piecingpod.com. Interesting because 
the Sophie seems to have figured out this way to be a workaholic like her dad, but still be able to maintain a, a, a positive relationship. Uh, pro- probably partly because she works with the person that she's in this case, it's probably to the benefit for her personality and things that she is working with the person that they're working with her partner, uh, as opposed to with Ingrid and Billy that they, uh, she kind of seems like Ingrid kind of gave up her work and gave up her, uh, creative ambitions and things. Uh, mm-hmm. they talk about later that, uh, that she, when, uh, the, um, when the, they talk about with the father-in-law that he, um, uh, he hires her to decorate some of his, uh, buildings that he has. And she's like, Oh, I haven't done it for a long time. So I think she put her sort of dreams on the back burner, which I think was more that time period where you see Sophie and uh, being, uh, finding a way to make it balance, I think better. Right. Absolutely. And again, going with, and, you know, being more modern, like th- that is something that would happen that pe- people like, I-, I find a lot of times in relationships that one usually strives more than the other. And I feel like in modern day times, couples are now getting to the point where they can both have successful relationships or careers in that way, while also maintaining a successful relationship. And yes. uh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I also think it's interesting. So you have Billy, the Andy Garcia character, who has this idea of the immigrant experience that you come over, that you learn English, that you park cars and, and you work and you basically the, the, the like old school idea of the American dream. Yeah, and so the idea, the idea of his daughter going back to Mexico, even though they're all from Cuba, um, is really hard for him. He thinks he, he can't wrap his brain around that, which is kind of, I thought that was interesting. And then also when he finds out that the, uh, that the uh, father-in-law is kind of Me- Mexican uh, wealth, uh, mm-hmm. that there's this Mexican beer that he uh, owns this company that bothers him. The idea of kind of, he sees this, I think d- distinction between American immigrant story and people making money over in in Mexico and going back. Uh, I I thought that was for this kind of a movie. I thought that was a nuance that was interesting with the characters. Yeah. And I mean, and you definitely have that Mexican versus Cuban Mm -hmm. um, traditions that you see because I mean, we got Billy who, who's definitely Cuban, but embraces the American um, themes in that way. And like Mm -hmm. that, what America has to offer, like better, better careers, better choices uh, at financial success. And like, he's definitely proud of that, which is great. So to see his daughter go to Mexico, I, I think in his mind kind of saw it as like stepping backwards, like moving in the wrong direction, not moving mm-hmm. forward. And especially, right. Uh, I feel like not to jump ahead where he, he finally realizes like the purpose, why she's going to Mexico. It makes him consider like, Oh, he was the one jumping to conclusions. Just because yeah. you thought it was Mexico, you don't really understand the the meaning and purpose behind it, which you know really checks him in a good way. Well, and he thinks that Adan, the fiance, is making her go. When in reality, we find out later on that she's the one that wanted to go, and he didn't. He wanted to stay in New York. 
Yeah. And That's also it. It, it, it makes him realize like, oh, right. I did raise a good person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. So it, it's not like a pat on the back, but it's also like, oh, yeah, she is her own character. She is her own woman who can make her decisions. And the fact that she's choosing Mexico to actually help people for the good, for the better, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think really makes him um, appreciate his daughter even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting. So his relationship with Cora is a lot tougher. They seem to, have, this is definitely a, a parental relationship where one child is favored over the other child. Oh, for sure. And especially, yeah. I mean, it's so hard when you compare a lawyer career compared to a artistic fashion designer who, who like, let's be honest, we, we can say that it's like, more unstable, more financially unstable, mm-hmm. like not as planned as being a lawyer would be. So you can you can definitely see he favors he favors and there's bias towards having a more successful daughter with, yeah. with Sophia compared to Cora. But well, and I, I think, again, that's his traditional side. Yeah, well, and I think he he thinks, oh, if you're gonna do something more it's not really blue collar, but non- uh, non uh, school, you don't have to go to college for, right. and you have to like start. You have to, you know, work as a par- work in parking, work parking cars. You have to like start from the very uh, beginning. And he doesn't think that that Cora should be helped by the money that they've set aside for college. That somehow that's like to that's like wasteful in his eyes again because he's sort of from this immigrant experience which is interesting because if you really think about it i mean cora going to college would not assist her very much at all uh even i mean maybe i guess if she went to like uh fashion school fashion yeah maybe but even then i i don't i i don't know if it really gives you that much of a of an edge up in your career uh, and, uh, and it's also different. Oh, sorry, not to cry. No, no. I but, mean, it's just, there's just not that many careers these days where it's like, okay, if I go to college, I have the degree, therefore I'm going to get a job. That's just not the way college works anymore right. with some few exceptions. There's engineers, there's nurses, there's things like that. Um, but for the most part, it, college, you you have to go to graduate school or it's just kind of something that helps you, I don't know, become a more interesting, more well-informed person, but it doesn't really help you in the specific career path of like, here's this job that I'm going to get after I go to college. All right. And it, and it's different for everybody. Like some people would uh, benefit more from college, but I feel with Cora's personality and the way they established her in the movie, we're automatically seeing her quit a job. And she's mm-hmm. kind of like floating in between. So we know that she's not a person that like can fully commit to uh, a certain place or, yeah. or a person. So like they've already established that. And I don't think college just as character wise would benefit Cora because yeah. she's kind of the person who's like, I just need a good opportunity and I will work when the opportunity presents itself. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. And that's not, you know, going against like her skills that she already knows. She just needed the opportunity. Yeah. I think that he sees giving money to Cora for her business as a waste of money. But in reality, him spending money, sending her to college would be the true waste of money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
yeah. Uh, so that's, that's interesting. And I feel like that has changed. I don't know when I, when I went to college back in the day, back in, I graduated <laughs> in 2002. I don't know. I feel like there was still that sort of everybody should go to college. College is worth. And I feel like in the last 20 years, we have changed a lot as a culture uh, that I don't know. It's just not as expected or seen as needful compared to the way it used to be. Right. And Uh, just like evolution, like economically, it mm -hmm. would make more sense to go to college, get a good paying job 20 years ago. But now with student loans and just like we're seeing all this younger generation making millions of dollars off of Bitcoin and like all these cryptocurrencies that no one still truly understands. Like we're seeing there are different ways that you can be financially successful without education. Yeah, um, so I mean, there are, it's it's just so different now. Yeah, and there's such a gl- a glut on the market of people with degrees that I mean, there's tons of people working at Target or even like McDonald's or places like that that have master's degrees that have, um, and there's nothing wrong with working in those places. I'm just saying that it, it's just there's like I said, there's not that clear of here's the degree, here's the job compared to what it used to be, uh, that, uh, that used to be a real, um, filter, uh, for jobs. And, and now it's just, it's just not, uh, and you're right. Yeah. With the debt and everything like that. And, uh, the one weird part about Cora, I thought is why does she, she's considering where she's at, which is basically n- n- zero. She's worked at this place for a couple of months. Why does she have mm-hmm. her own assistant? <laughs> There's a guy that was like helping her do everything. Or maybe an intern, maybe a, a given intern. Granted, but that she, might not be her intern, but, but she, I, don't, I didn't really think about that. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of weird that <laughs> uh, that she has this assistant, Juan, I think is his name. <laughs> That's there. And <laughs> I'm like, wow, I mean, I guess, I guess most up and coming fashion designers would like to have a, a seems like a full time assistant. <laughs> Right. When she finishes all the wedding dresses, you see him in the background. He's like sweating and tired. And <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. Maybe he was paid by the in-laws. Maybe, Maybe they they were they were bankrolling him. Maybe. I don't I just know. Thought that was a funny detail. Um, and yeah, so Billy says that he's going to make Cora work, and she's not getting any favors. Uh, so that's his again, sort of the immigrant uh philosophy that he has right Um, no handouts here for sure mm -hmm. but you do see the love that billy has for his daughters and i think that that is sort of the hallmark of this franchise is the dad just finding it so hard to let go and just how much they love their 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 daughters and you see the flashbacks in here of times of them reading or or talking mm-hmm. or uh, with the girls. Right. Yeah. That, that is the moment, the, the running theme throughout all these is that he, the, eventually the father gets to the point where like, all right, she is an adult. She is her own woman who can make her own decisions, mm-hmm. especially where there's that whole blowout moment where they're all at the, the fancy, fancy house that the, yeah. the in-law guy just bought. And, um, 
And he was like, no, I don't approve of this. I didn't approve of that. I don't approve of your son marrying my daughter. And then the daughter was like, you don't get to approve of anything. You are just yeah. the father of the bride. And at the end of the day, you're like, oh, yeah, that is the title of the movie. But it is so much more than just being the father of the bride now. Mm-hmm. And and you forget, like, now with this modern day times, like, oh, yeah, the woman can make her own decisions. And we are getting farther and farther away from those traditional aspects that we're so conditioned to Mm -hmm. see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we find out that, uh, that she's like I said, she's the one that proposed and she says, I felt it the second I met him, we worked in the same building and then we worked on the same team. uh, And uh, they decide that they are going to get married in one month. So it's pretty fast. Very fast. Very fast. And especially when, you know, Billy hasn't even met the son yet. And uh, mm-hmm. that is a common thing with all, all the movies is that the, the, the daughter announces that this is happening. And then we finally see the son. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about you, but I was raised in the traditional sense that like, oh, no, my parents are going to know who I'm going to marry before they even before I even announce who I'm marrying. Or like, and, and yeah. they they ask for they, they properly ask for the permission for, you know, the daughter's hand in marriage. Well, like, I'll tell you, my parents know who I'm going to marry. Mm-hmm. So, Well, I feel like it would be harder to keep it a surprise these days just because of social media. Yeah. That if people would know that either you'd post on social media that you'd gotten engaged or that, you know, you'd people see your family would see you all the time, you know, with this person on social media. So this this surprise and they kind of make both of these parents sort of luddites uh, that uh, <laughs> not good with social media so i guess they get by with that but but i think it's it would be harder it would be a harder secret to keep these days uh, <laughs> uh, right than before but what do you think of of sophie and Aiden, the actors you think they had pretty good uh, chemistry uh, sophia so her Sofia and um uh, Aidan. Um so Diego Bonita was the actor's name. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, um I, I liked it. They were cute. Quite honestly, I thought she was the stronger actress, mm-hmm. um, stronger character, and Diego was just kind of there along for the ride. But I like not to say I didn't mm-hmm. like him, um, but he just he just felt like it was such a B character for yeah. me. Um, I felt like she's definitely the bigger character and she, he was just kind of in her shadow a little bit. So yeah, he um, was definitely a more minor character. He does have his moments, like particularly with the bachelor party we'll talk about uh, that. I felt like I got to know him pretty well. I think that they did have a nice chemistry though, together. It it was a believable couple. I could imagine these people being together. Yeah. Um, I, I can believe that. They, they started off as co-workers, friends, turned into something more. But mm-hmm. it was so clear that she wore the pants in the relationship. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, and then we have uh, the, they have the whole discussion about uh, the uh, Quilites, I think it's Quilites, that it's her, Aiden's pet name for Sophie and uh, Billy says the stories behind the nicknames are never as good as the nicknames themselves. Yeah. Oh, and I was like, <laughs> oh, that's so mean to say. <laughs> um, and that just 
totally shows your dislike for this man, but like, and just it just made Billy look mm-hmm. um, like really look bad in that situation. Yeah, like, yeah, that's definitely an inside joke, an inside story, but that doesn't mean you have to, you know, crap all over it <laughs> just because yeah. you didn't get it. Yeah, but they also, yeah, I, I agree. I that was you should just kind of go, oh, that's cute. That's cute. But he does kind of, in the end, he says, of course you have my blessing. Uh, But, uh, you know, she says that uh, we're supporting each other and we're not making decisions based on money. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, again, where his sort of immigrant experience comes into play, uh, that he had to base kind of everything on money you know, when he was raising his family and, right. you know, working 80 hour weeks and things like that, that, that now she has the luxury of being able to say that. And I think that that's hard for him to kind of hear in a way to just sort of the major kind of burden on his life is Most just financial kind of, struggle is just, yeah. It's just kind of w- uh, washed away as if it was nothing, you know, that, and uh, like on one hand, you, you're probably glad that you gave your daughter that ability, but on the other hand, it probably makes you cringe a little bit. Right. And you definitely saw that, like you applaud him for working so hard and like earning what, what he's worked hard for and have now finally having a successful life for it. And like, that's what I feel like what parents do. They work hard so they can have um, a better life for their children. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what he did. So when he hears that, uh, you know, she doesn't have financial struggles in that way, it kind of hurts him a little because it's like, well, I had a struggle. Why can't you yeah. struggle a little bit? But like, yeah. no, you struggled exactly for the reason why she shouldn't have to struggle. Yeah. So like, that was hard for him as a man to, you know, really accept like, oh man, but like, you got to work hard just a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta, you have to grind just a little bit. And I think that Billy is actually probably the most realistic of of the three dads that we've gotten in this yes. franchise. I mean, Agreed. and yes, it makes this movie not as funny because it's not as over the top. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what are you going to do? But, um, but pretty much all of his responses are realistic, I think, to what somebody in his position, his character and everything, like they're just not as, you don't have anybody flipping out over hot dogs in this movie. <laughs> right you know um or or anyone climbing out of windows to spy on other people right, right. Um, yeah as much as we love steve martin we do love that <laughs> aspect of him too but i think like that's the thing with andy garcia that we know he's so as an actor he's so charming he mm-hmm. can be charming but i felt like this was one of his less charming roles and like you said more realistic mm. but i think that's what also works against for the themes of the movie, like I think we're so used to Father Bride being comedies mm-hmm. and him, Billy, being so realistic to the point it wasn't even funny anymore. It was just too, uh-huh. too real to be true, to be funny. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, I think in a way, though, you have to do something different. So I appreciate the fact that they found kind of a new way to tell the story, because if if it was just a repeat of the other two that we already seen, then you know, that would be right. boring in its own it's way, just you like know, painting something, this, the same thing, a different color. Like maybe they went too far in one direction, but, uh, I, I don't know. I appreciate that we got a 
diverse story with a very, you know, with this family that felt real to me. Um, I, 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 I did think that the wedding planner was pretty funny. This is her name's Natalie Vance, uh, actress, Chloe Feinerman. And mm-hmm. and she had some pretty, I thought, good lines. She's nowhere near as over the top as as Martin Short, Try. but you're never going to get there. I feel like so you have to do something different. I know, um, and I I don't know for for me, it just I mean, as much as we love Martin Short and Frank, and as outrageous and over yeah. the top he was, that's what made him funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think again, this movie was so realistic that she was such a Gen Z. Um, into like up to date and um kind of person in it with the useful and like all all of her references were like social media and influencers mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm not sure that is gonna age well in another thirty years. Yeah, I mean, that's we fair. Watch, we that's watched we watched the '90s films and they still age pretty well twenty thirty yeah. years later. And like with her lines, it is so up to date with social media that I don't feel like it's going to age well. And maybe mm-hmm. just my personal preference, girls, influencer, annoying girls like that just like irk me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really enjoy her. That's that's at, fair about that the much. about the like legacy. Will it still be funny in 10 years, 20 right. years? That's fair. I did think there were some funny lines. <laughs> she says uh, the uh, um the flamencos and flamingos <laughs> they're like what are you talking about and and i also thought it was funny when he's like i don't know what latinx means and she says because I, right. I know i have my latino friends are very divided on latinx uh, some of them like it and think it's empowering or whatever and others think it's stupid and they don't like it um i've heard the debate and so that was funny. Uh, There's definitely something Billy would say is, what is Latinx? What are you doing? Um, and then when she's like, that's a teachable moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. it's, not so, a cult- like, it's not cultural appropriation. It's cultural celebration. <laughs> right. Like, and like, that was her humor, was her ignorance, her cultural ignorance in, mm-hmm. in that sense. Um, yes, funny in the moment. But again, I don't think it's going to age well yeah. because it is could be considered borderline politically incorrect. And well, I mean, uh, that's because it just, was trying so hard to be politically right. correct that therefore it wasn't politically correct, which I thought was funny, but which yeah, it's, it's, a, funny. It's, a, yeah. it's a fair point. Uh, and, uh, basically Billy wants to have the hotel, have the wedding at the Biltmore hotel, which is uh, a hotel he was on the uh, renovation committee for, so he's very proud of it. He has a good relationship with them. I I don't really understand why they have a problem with the Biltmore, but they're perfectly fine with this giant house that his father right. bought and fine being on a yacht. How is that more? I mean, they can have a DJ at the Biltmore. I, I didn't really understand why they were not into this idea. I, th- I think it was more so that the fact that like he felt like he was losing his control over the decisions that that was a venue that he wanted. Well, no, no, and, I know, but, but um, why I don't understand why Sophie and Adon were against the Biltmore. Oh, maybe well, they said it, it was could, too formal, but yet they're fine. This super fancy wedding at this house, very fancy house and at a yacht. Right. You know, uh, I don't know though. Like their decision-making 
is is very questionable. Um, I kind of I kind of agree. It's like you say you want a a smaller wedding, but you're okay with bigger locations. Um, so they they were kind of back and forth because it made me watching this movie made me think like they don't really know what they want. Like they yeah. they want a smaller intimate wedding, yet they're totally okay with inviting like a whole family and, and more people if it's going to be paid for by the father or like mm-hmm. by. Was it Di- not Diego's father? Oh, Diego's yeah. The, the they have Adon's father. They've combined thousand people that they want to invite to this wedding, and yeah. and, and Sophie and Adon are like, we only wanted fifty people, uh, but it's hard when when especially when you've lived in a place your whole life, you have all these connections, people that you want to invite to the wedding, especially if you're a businessman like he has, he's going to want to invite Billy's going to want to invite his clients other people um and then the same thing on the other side with herman uh so you don't want to be rude but then you also don't want to have the wedding a wedding that you don't want to have so i don't know it's an i agree i don't think that sophie and aiden had very realistic ideas of kind of what they wanted and uh they they were i guess for some reason against the biltmore i would i would love to have <laughs> get married at the biltmore uh, but I did right. think that one of the funniest lines in the movie was uh, from Natalie when she says, I wanted a sex in the city theme for my bat mitzvah, but my parents wouldn't allow it. I'm <laughs> I'm a Charlotte and I'm a Samantha and you, Missy, need to be a little Carrie in this narrative while Mr. Biggie over here needs to stop mansplaining how to throw a wedding. Okay, Poppy, check it. Yes. Um, that was very but- funny. That was funny. Again, with the up-to-date references that we we also know, um, because I feel like Sex and the City is still a show that's very much in the zeitgeist. Um, But again, will it be funny in 30 years now? from now? Who knows? Mm, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. But especially with this being on HBO Max and Sex and the City's on HBO Max, like it... It kind of it makes sense, and and I've just been recapping Sex in the City uh, on the podcast, and so it made me oh, laugh. You know, I have to admit, and I am a woman. I have still have never seen an episode <laughs> of Sex in the City. I'm so behind. Well, you can I'm listen so to our behind. recap. Start watching. <laughs> I know, I know. I got to get with it. I'm so behind, like that, and because you know, I feel like it's sorry not to completely go off a tangent. But like uh-huh. Sex in the City and Golden Girls, people are always like, I'm this character, I'm this character, I'm this character. And I was like, still have never seen an episode of either. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> if it's like based on personalities, sure. But yeah. I, I could not tell you if I was a Carrie or a Samantha because I've never seen it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty or good show. A Rose it's a- or a Blanche. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Billy talks to Aiden about the nonprofit and the story starts, starts to learn that, uh, that this wasn't, he thought it was, this was his idea. Um, when it's really her idea. And, uh, we have this whole scene where Aiden feels sorry for the boxer and, uh, that he doesn't watch sport. <laughs> that was funny. And then he's like, I like hiking. He's <laughs> like, hiking is not a sport. <laughs> Uh, hiking totally could be a sport. I love hiking. I'm biased. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, also funny because it just shows that it is such a millennial thing to like hiking. 
compared to those who like sports. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I like sports too, so. Yeah. I don't know. It just vastly shows the differences between these generations. I am not, like, opposed to sports. I just don't have time. I don't have time to invest in it. And Fair. I watch the Olympics uh, when they Love come the around, but that's about it. Fair. Like, um, I could tell you anything when it comes to NBA. It, it, you'd be surprised. Like, you mentioned NBA, I could I could go all day. Nice. So. Well, Billy is pretty, I think, jealous of Herman, the father-in-law character. He finds out, oh, he has a soccer team. He has a yacht. And they owns this beer company in Mexico. It's just a different kind of money than, uh, than he has. Also, he's kind of concerned about the fact that uh, he has this new wife and baby, this super young that he thinks is his daughter at first. Oh, right. That was awkward. That was so that was very awkward, awkward and painful <laughs> to watch. Um, I'm like, yep, that's what that's what people do these days. You know, mm-hmm. you have a sugar daddy. <laughs> I thought a really good moment in the script is they have this whole conversation about why they're speaking English. Mm-hmm. And, and the one says, they say, why do you speak Spanish? And they say, of course they speak Spanish. And they have this whole conversation about, again, being immigrants and wanting to fit in. And uh, so I thought the script for this kind of – this. Let's just say that this script could have been so lazy. Uh, you know, just it's we've got the IP, we're just gonna pump it out. But there mm-hmm. were these moments where I thought they really were talking about realistic situations that this family would be dealing with. And uh, the you know, the Latino experience, the Cuban American experience. Um, I thought that in the, particularly this whole scene where they were talking about why they are speaking English, I thought was was a, a nice moment in the script. Yeah, and I like that because it makes you appreciate everything that they went through and like how hard they had to work to get to where they are. And it does show because like even though they are different cultures than us Americans, but they're in mm-hmm. the American setting, um, that like those themes of just working hard and providing for your family, no matter what part of the world you're in, like that still resonates with everybody. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's where you, you like them more as characters and, yeah. and, and also like kind of explains the motivation behind their decision-making. Yeah. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode. And that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. And they have this whole scene uh, where this is the one moment where he gets kind of upset about costs, where there's going to be a thousand guests, 10K on fireworks, uh, <laughs> and... 
yep. and then the the wagyu beef, and they're like, "What? That's not Mexican and uh, stuff or or Cuban." And they get into this big fight at the mansion, and uh, and that's when she says, when Sophie says, "You're just the father of the bride. You don't get to approve who I marry." Oh yeah, yeah, and th- and that was that was painful to watch because it shows that she is also so independent, and it's like has our generation, you know, really um, evolved that much that like. You're you're only the father bride, and you you don't get to provide or have a say in anything more than that. Mm-hmm. And it's so painful to watch because she is her own dependent woman. And if you're you're gonna keep your father at arm's length like that, it's like, do you even want to have your father at the at the wedding anymore? It's like how right. how much of it? Like it took it just completely stripped away Billy's power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then the next day he comes and apologizes. He brings snacks. And uh, it was a nice, this was a nice depiction of sort of Miami. I liked the, the scenes in the um, Domino Park and, uh, and then, you know, some of the other scenes throughout the, the city. I thought that was, you, it had a sense of place, this movie, which was nice. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then uh, they, what did you think of Cora's designs uh, for the, particularly the wedding dress? Uh, gorgeous. I love that pot of blue. Um, mm-hmm. It looks so pretty compared to, you know, because you see her slow progress throughout the movie and it's like ever changing in looks and then mm-hmm. we're constantly getting the the updates of like, is it going to be done in time? Yeah. This isn't working. Do you have enough material or money? Yeah. So like as audience, we're like, oh, is she even going to pull this off in the short turnaround? But also the like the way it turned out and then how she just physically rips those god awful shoulder pads that would not have yeah. worked, would not fly in today's time anymore it just really shows that oh girl has it she she does have talent mm-hmm. she does have a vision um yeah she and she works when i don't want to say works well under pressure but she can deliver um and it did feel like a realistic dress for someone with her skill set to make you know like it, i didn't look at it and be like oh come on she would never have been able to make that dress by herself it felt like okay this feels like she made a pattern and she, she was able to construct it and, uh, and it seemed simple enough, but pretty for, uh, for her skill level. I, so I appreciated that. And she and, made uh, multiple dresses mm-hmm. too. So yeah. Props. Yeah. And, uh, then we have this, we have the storms coming, um, and, uh, there's the wedding rehearsal over on uh, Miami Island. That's where the house is. And uh, we have the scene between uh, Billy and Aiden where he says, my whole family is falling apart. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's when he's, he tells him about the divorce. Uh, and, uh, and then Aiden says, it wasn't my idea to go to Mexico. She found a job that mattered to her. Uh, and so that kind of makes him makes Billy change his mind about also the fact that, Billy is not into the bachelor party at all. I, he's just kind of, I mean, um, Aiden is not into the bachelor party at all. He's just awkward and doesn't like it. And uh, right. I don't know. You just get the impression like this guy's a, a really good, good guy. Yeah. Good he's dude. a good guy. He's not a player in that sense. And it doesn't seem like he's the kind of person who like gets off on bachelor parties like that. Mm-hmm. Like, 
doesn't seem like that party goer, crazy, young yeah, millennial. In that it sense. endears you to him. Yeah, you're like, no, he's he's actually a really good guy underneath who who's not over the top and is a good match for Sophia. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so then the next day, uh, the rehearsal dinner uh, happens, rehearsal uh, wedding, um, wedding rehearsal happens and uh, Sophie and Cora get in a big fight. And then Cora overhears Billy talking about the divorce with Junior. And then she, cause she's underneath all of the coats or whatever. And she says, you all are getting a divorce. And then she goes out and announces it to everyone. And this was the blender moment for this version, you know, where in the 1991 version, uh, she gets upset about the fact that he had bought her a blender. But I actually think this is a much better conflict. I mean, that just seemed so over the top, silly to me, especially right. for the fact that my dad had just gotten my mom that blender. <laughs> so we're like, dad, terrible gift. Yeah, it's just like, but, are uh, you that stressed that you're upset over an inanimate object is literally not hurting anybody? Yeah. And that, to- like, it's just yeah. a... It's, like they say, it's just a gift. You thought you might want to blend something. Uh, <laughs> it just makes her seem ridiculous. But in this one, like her getting upset over the fact that she's like the last person in the family to evidently know about it. And the right. fact that this couple that she, her parents, you know, this couple that she thought was so great, doing so great is struggling. Like that, I think makes sense why she's a very upset and uh and again we're talking more about the realism maybe it is less funny than the blender scenes but i think that this is one of the best uh conflicts last minute conflict that we've seen in these movies yeah and um realistic in the sense because like uh it, it is the, the dichotomy of two different relationships the one that's starting and starting mm-hmm about to get married and start a new life compared to one that's been together for so long and deteriorating. Mm-hmm. And um, I like that. The, the way that she blurted it out in front of everyone was like, that felt like very over the top cinematic. In that for sense. Cora. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also we, we finally got that moment out. Like when is everyone going to find out? And mm-hmm. um, unfortunate as it did come about to everybody's realization, like it, it needed to be done. Mm-hmm. But yeah, quite honestly, so, yeah. Oh, sorry. Quite, no, no. Like, quite honestly, I don't think the divorce was like ever really settled either. Like, did they get a divorce or did they not? I don't know. It became such a big conflict, and yet we didn't really get a resolution to the storyline either. Well, I think at the end with them kissing, and I think you definitely get the feel of okay, they're gonna try and reconcile. Yeah. Uh, but Go to Greece. It, Maybe figure it out. Maybe. Yeah, go to Greece. Uh, I mean, I liked this whole scene between Billy and Sophie uh, when they, you know, he says, I stopped being fun. I stopped being her friend. That whole conversation was really, I thought, well done. Um, and then I loved the whole scene where there's the stormy night, them all together, and you see the flashback from when it happened when they were young. Then they're all uh, in the bed watching um, Casablanca. And that you hear as time goes by. I thought that was such a nice, yeah. sweet scene. Yeah. And who doesn't love Casablanca to mm-hmm. like really put things into perspective yeah. for everybody's life? Um, <laughs> yes. I, I enjoyed that too. That was a nice button. It was, it was really good. 
Um, I, I do think that we're getting, when we get to this, the wedding shenanigans, it gets a little much for the tone that this movie has established up until now. It gets a little crazy, but, um, but basically the, there's been this huge storm hurricane, the, um, the, the ruined all of the beautiful wedding preparations that they had, uh, which would be pretty sad. And, uh, and then the, the one bridge to Miami Island is destroyed. And so they can't get oh, over wow. there. Uh, it's um, a mess. Yeah. And it, it's, it's unfortunate. It literally took a natural disaster to stop the wedding, um, mm-hmm. to, to stop this planned wedding. And I felt so bad for the assistant. He had to, like, he was stranded over there. And like, who's going to, how's he going to get back? <laughs> he had to swim. <laughs> he, he had to swim. swim. I, I did like that. He was like, I did, I did swim. <laughs> like, funny. oh, you poor boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, funny. That, that was funny. Yeah. Uh, so like, cause you know, throughout watching all this, I was like, okay, what's going to happen for this wedding to not happen? Mm-hmm. A disaster happened. I was like, oh, good. Over the top, but necessary. Mm-hmm. Definitely necessary. And he says, Billy says, take it as an opportunity to have the wedding you wanted. And so they, uh, both families, they pool their resources together, uh, to have the wedding at, uh, their house at Billy's house and uh, they, they go grocery shopping and get everything. Basically it's a big potluck. Everyone's just cooking. And, and uh, we find out that evidently Natalie is a fraud. She's, she only <laughs> barely assistant. It was an assistant for a wedding planner. And, um, and uh, that was all kind of funny. Um, and uh, the Immortales is uh, the grandfather's band. The uh, they're back playing. Uh, you have Natalie officiating at the wedding. Um, you have the, the just random cakes that they got. At the, uh, <laughs> they kind of Frankenstein, Frankenstein stitched together. Yeah. Um, hilarious. But I was like, you know what? That kind of looks delicious. I probably yeah. would eat that. <laughs> yeah, all Maybe that says a lot about me. I was like, it did look good. Yeah. And they say, sometimes life surprises you and gives you moments more perfect than you could have imagined. And I liked that both parents walk her down the aisle. That was really sweet, nice moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you see um, Billy and uh, Hernan, the father-in-law, have a cigar together pre-Castro. <laughs> Pre-Castro, definitely. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then... Billy gives the toast about family and he lets Cora know that he's going to support her in her business. And then you see Billy and Ingrid dancing together and then they have a kiss and, um, and that's where it ends. Uh, but I guess maybe this movie did help was benefited a little bit by very low expectations on my part. It felt, I was just, it, I felt like, Oh, this is going to be quickly thrown together It's just going to be, you know, they're just working off of the name. It's going straight to HBO Max. Why aren't they putting in theaters? You know, like, I don't know. There was just a lot of red flags to me about this movie. And so then when I watched it, I'm like, that was actually pretty good. I I liked the, I thought the script was actually pretty well done. Um, it, It had these quieter moments that I thought worked. Like I said, the whole conversation about why aren't we talking in, uh, why are we talking in English? You know, just like. I felt like it was a really good story about a Cuban American family and 
Uh, I thought the performances were all pretty good. It felt like a real family to me. Um, there were some parts, like I do think the wedding shenanigans got a little over the top, a little ridiculous. Uh, and mm-hmm. I do agree it's not as funny as the other versions. Um, but it was way better than I expected it to be. Uh, so I uh, I think I'd give it like four crowns uh, okay. out of five. I, I really I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I was like, they, they definitely benefited from the framework of the previous five movies. Yeah, that's fair. Um, if if you're going to go into this thinking and expecting comedy, I'm sorry, you're not really going to get it all that mm-hmm. much. Maybe a f- couple funny moments here and there, but like overall, you know, you know, buckled over laughing, mm-hmm. you know, stitches on your side. No, you're not going to get it. Yeah. Go back to the nineties yeah. um, and get, and get those moments. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also like why the nineties are so good in that sense, because those actors are so well known for comedy mm-hmm. and I wouldn't really, I mean, I, I wouldn't market Gloria Estefan, you know, for comedy. Right. Andy Garcia, sure, he's been in some comedic movies, but I don't see him as a com- comedic actor. Um, I see him as a more of a drama actor, a mm-hmm. dramatic actor in that sense. Like, So this one, definitely it had more dramatic beats, funny at some moments, but mm-hmm. I, yeah. uh, per- I mean, personally, I think I would go back to the 90s more. Yeah. Um, for those films, what yeah, would you for, give for it the out of five? Aspects. I I would give it like a three. Not to yeah. say it's a bad film, but um, I, I think was that's fair. Um, unfortunately I was going in expecting a lot of comedy and I didn't yeah. get it, so it didn't hit my sense. expectations in that way. But I do appreciate the family values and traditions mm-hmm. that we know and love and work. But the yeah. the modernization of those themes. Um, worked in its own way uh so like i I liked how they did update it to what we expect nowadays would it age well that's also what i question i'm not sure i'm not sure if this would age well in 20 30 years yeah i i can see i can see that's those are fair points uh so if you were ranking them so now we have five movies how would Mm -hmm. you rank the the films uh 1990s father bride one um then t- i'm trying to remember how we rank the other ones but the the 90s first one and two first and then i'll go back to the 50s number one and then two then this one the 2022 version and then the uh the third one of the 50s what was it dividends yeah father's love um, dividends the second one there uh, yeah, uh, I'd I rank that last. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, I'm pretty close. I would have 1991 as number one, 1950, number two, then this, then part two, 1990 of 1991, which I still, I enjoy all of these movies. Um, and then last one, Father's Little Dividend. So I'd have yeah. this one in the middle. Uh, but I was telling... Uh, friends the other day that i can't think of another franchise where you have three iterations now you've got the 1950s 1990s star is born what's that i would i would say star is born there's like four different versions of star is born because most of the time i'll throw my hat into that one (laughs) yeah okay that's a good example that's a good example but most of the time 
franchises, they usually end up having like a dud, you know, along (laughs) the way, you know, Mm -hmm. that there's usually some bad ones. I like all five of these movies. This man, there's just something about the love of a father for a daughter that I think is timeless and it just works. And I, again, I like all five of these movies. I think they all, they're all endearing. They all work for me. Um, and uh, so I think it's actually a pretty resilient, interesting franchise in that way. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm glad that like, it's still going because mm-hmm. in another 20, 30 years, if they decided to make another movie, yeah. good chances I'm going to watch it because yeah. the, the like you said, the father daughter um, theme is so strong and that will span generations, yeah. not just movies. Well, let us know what you think. If you're listening, let us know what you think of this new Father of the Bride, where it would rank for you amongst the five films. And we'll put a link down to our previous ranking video uh, episode. Uh, We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And Marissa, where can people find you? Everyone can follow me at Serafini TV. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. Also, make sure you're following the podcast at Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That helps us so much. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group and merch store. So take a look at that. And uh, thanks so much. This was so much fun. I appreciate you uh, talking about this new Father of the Bride with me. Yeah. Thank you, Rachel. It's always fun talking movies with you. So fun. Bye, everyone. Bye.